Robin Gallagher and welcome to Ripples. Throughout our program, a series of guest speakers will share words of wisdom from their life experience and we will offer you a series of meditations so that you can take some time just to stop and listen to that voice within, that voice of the Spirit. So come and enjoy some inspired voices and treasured stillness and allow the ripple effect to begin. Welcome back to Ripples. I'm delighted to welcome Katie Gillies onto our program today. Katie is married to John and is a mother to three teenage children. She has worked in the area of education over the last 20 years in both primary and secondary school contexts, with a particular focus on teaching Japanese. For many years, Katie also worked as a family educator in the Sydney Archdiocese, creating innovative programs for mothers and children to deepen their spirituality. Katie has a gift for bringing people together and for creating spaces where people can be authentic, can be heard and can be held. We welcome Katie today as she shares her wonderful experience in creating spaces for connection. Katie, it's so wonderful to have you on our program today. Welcome. Thank you. Such an honour, Robin. Thank you. Well, Katie, I've had the privilege of meeting you, your husband, John, and your three children, and it was around 13 years ago at St. Charles Parish in Ryde. Since that beginning, I've had the opportunity to work with you on a number of different and, and exciting projects. I think if there's one word that I could use to describe you, it would be that you are a connector. You have an extraordinary gift of bringing people together. And this isn't just due to your amazing cooking, even though I think this does play an important part. I suppose one of the things I have discovered over the years is that we often seek to create what we ourselves were seeking or perhaps we've experienced and we want to share that with others. With this in mind, I wonder if you could share something of your own story, of your own seeking of your own exploration of spirituality. Thanks, Robin. As a child, I knew Jesus as my friend. And my dad taught Sunday school in the Anglican tradition I was brought up in and taught me that God loved me. And that's all I needed to know. And my mum was a connector. She actually taught me the joy of baking a cake for somebody else, taking it to their house when they were in need. And she always said to me, Katie, um, instead of me helping you, can you think this person here, they've got this particular skill and they'll be able to help you. So I often learnt through her who I could be connected with and then have been able to use that skill in thinking about all my friends and how they can be connected with other people I know. So something, yes. a skill is often learnt. Mm. Mm. So from those early years, as you grew up a little older in your teenage years and years as a, as a young adult, what, what were some of the defining moments then? Um, my mum became a Catholic um, and studied a Bachelor of Theology and modelled for me learning. And I remember um, asking, uh, talking to her about my experience in the Anglican youth group, which was rather black and white. And she said to me, Katie, sometimes 
we can be grey about things. Mm. And then I had the opportunity to go to Japan and um, I was studying Japanese at uni and I observed these beautiful Japanese, mostly women, and their spirituality, which reminded me of our Indigenous spirituality. It's more a god of thunder, god of lightning, um, the Indigenous gods of nature um, understanding. And I thought to myself, there must be something more to this Jesus I know that other people didn't have that story. Mm -hmm. And this was um, brought really home to me as I studied my own Masters of Theology in the last, um, I don't know, five-year break, um, that God is there for everybody in their own story and it's just a matter of listening and quietening ourselves down enough to listen to the heart and the spirit speak. Mm, how valuable, mm. Katie, mm. how valuable. And, mm. and from there you... You met John and uh, married John mm. and have had three children and no doubt some of your experiences as a mum and a wife and what you were able to actually experience as well would have would have changed as well. Mm. What were some of the nourishing experiences for you as, as a mum and a wife in your early years? Mm. So as I met John, I joined the Catholic faith. His family had um, rosary beads as big as sort of gum nuts on their wall and I decided that that was the faith to join. I still kept my own Christianity and, of course, my own um, relationship with God had already been well nourished by when I was 15. Mum had given me a journal, a Joyce Rupp journal, and said... Right in here, and it had four sections: journaling, um, you know, thankfulness, looking back, I and praise, and just jottings. And I remember that I used that every night from being fifteen till when I was thirty-five. But by the time I got to thirty-five, John and I had had three very small children in three very fast years, and we, and I knew I needed to nurture my own faith. So I looked for retreats that were available for me. He was going on them as a religious coordinator at at a school School, and it was my turn I thought I I need a retreat so just going with that leap of faith that the children would be perfectly fine if I could leave them with John and I needed to get some water for my soul so I was able to go on different retreats even when they were as young as five three and one I went on a four-day silent retreat and had spiritual direction and then later I went on a Madeline Sophie I can't say it because it's French Barra program with leadership for women, which had retreats every now and again. And and then finally I just did my Master of Theology. So all of those times, rather than the journaling time that I'd used from my 15-year-old self to my 35-year-old self, I had these really intense journaling mm. times for those retreats and I continued to draw on them to nourish my own spirituality. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Just uh, profound experiences, no doubt, Katie. Mm. Katie, you're someone who reads the signs of the times and you are deeply connected to people. One of the times when we first met, we were in a mother's group together and it was a group that gathered in an aged care facility and each time we would spend part of our time in the dementia ward. And I found this to be a really profound experience as I could could witness amazing things happening for, for us, for our children and also for the residents as well. You've been a teacher for for many years, and in recent years you moved into the role of a family educator, working in a school context. And in that role as a family educator, you were creating spaces for the parents to deepen their spirituality. 
Can you tell us about some of those spaces that you created for the parents? Mm, Sure. And there's two I'd like to talk about. One of them is a group we ended up calling Mums Pray, Kids Play. And great name. Yeah. (laughs) I first of all drew the women I thought would be most um, great at joining me. So I called them Team Katie and we sat together in my home with lemon cake and we decided what to call the group, how to set up the room together. So I built it with the community. So it was something that we dreamt together and we made as a thing. So they called it, we called it lemon cake prayers first. And um, prayer was always an element because there's this lovely little booklet called Mother's Prayers that you can do, which helps give a structure, like just 10 minutes Mm. to a, a women's group. So that was one element of the group. But there was also another element where I understood from my own children's questioning, like why is the bark on the trees or why is the sky blue, that children really had a spirituality that needed to be nurtured themselves. Mm. So for this in that space, I also put in to that time the children's spirituality growing time. So it was a time where they had a gospel story from something called the Atrium of the Good Shepherd where I would um, use wooden figures to act out the story and many, um, we know this as godly play, but it began as the Catechist of the Good Shepherd. So I set this room, this space up for the children to be able to have a prayer time and sing along for them too and then their mums would say, oh, the children were singing the hallelujah song in the trolley while I was doing the groceries and it was lovely. (laughs) You know, it was just, it meant that it was all part of our, and I think that walking with um, young mums of children from naught to five, their um, spirituality really is connected with watching their own child's spirituality grow. I remember my four-year-old, each time my child got to four, all the children got to four, they asked me, they would realise and they'd say, Mum, you know what, I really don't think God's real because I can't see him. And I remember really that was such a challenging thing. And I've often um, encouraged women to think about who it was that grew their faith, Mm. that nurtured their faith, and how could they then be like that person to their own children? Because really... Faith is something that is, I believe, that is modelled and taught. My mum's Bible has highlighted everywhere and she would often be sitting just quietly with the Bible open on her lap and I've always observed her in prayer in my life. So that just osmosis faith learning, Mm. I think, is something that women hold, I Mm. think, yeah, really... Yeah. yeah. Mm. Mm. So they're three elements yeah. of the room, sorry. No, that's wonderful, <laughs> yeah. Katie. And in more recent years, Katie, mm. I've had the wonderful privilege of working with you and accompanying the, the, the women's group. Mm. And that's where you, you've gathered women, mm. the mothers, uh, for an annual retreat at the Hermitage in Mittagong. I just wonder if you could tell us a little bit about that group, mm. how it was formed and how it's grown. Yeah. So um, this... We called it a women's restful weekend. You know that Bible verse, come away and rest a while. Um, And we thought of taking women away from the humdrum of the family just for two nights for a weekend and to listen to the wisdom of um, you, Robin, as Mm -hmm. you companioned us to understand about 
spirituality within exercise and within putting that spirituality time into a quiet time and into our routine, but also to draw on those ideas that are very pertinent to women about, um, you know, if we don't water our own soul, how can we give to yes, others? Yes. And in there are so many rich things that we learnt on those weekends, but mostly it was about watering our soul mm. once a year. Mm, yeah, totally agree. Mm. I remember saying to groups at different times that self-care is not a luxury, it's a responsibility. Mm. You know, just that sense that, as you said so beautifully, if we don't nourish ourselves, it's really, it is a lot more difficult to then be present and be supportive to those around us. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Katie, what did you observe? I mean, the, the women that I met, amazing women, and just to see their growth and just beautiful things happen during those years that, that we held these retreats. What did you observe? What did you see happen for these women? Um, they were able to get in touch with um, the God inside them through all sorts of different things that we offered. So I was offering something the mothers, the mums pray, kids play each week that they could come to with their children to take away the concepts that you just needed to you know, of it being um, very religious and things like that. So we shared cake and coffee. And we also did something that was um, around craft and making bracelets. And that's one of the things that we brought into the retreats. And I used to, uh, the biggest thing that I noticed with the women while we did a sort of craft activity during the retreat, but also during each week that we were doing, is that when you're doing craft, you sit in a circle like the Indigenous women do and you look to the craft you're doing. So you take away the focus of your eyes on another's eyes and mm. you begin to just be able to talk from the depths of your heart rather mm. than worrying about all the guardedness that we mm. have to each other. And those times were healing, mm. deep healing happened in those circles because um, the sharing was of such a depth. Yes. And um, we would do them on the retreat, but the women just learnt to have deeper and deeper sharing to the point where well, even on the Thursday groups, I was able to just lift the candle from the prayer space, put it in the middle of the circle of the craft that was going on, and all of a sudden produce a Lenten heartbeat program spirituality little book, and we were all of a sudden just unpacking the gospel. And it, it was spontaneous to the point where Suddenly those women were coming just for that reflection and the craft and then they were going off to the next thing that was on their list of the six hours that they had before they needed to come to pick up again. So yes. those it the craft was the beginning but the depth was the conversation. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. I, yeah. I think what I really observed in the, in the women was a deepening of their relationships with one another and and a deepening of their relationship with with God and themselves and with creation, a real deepening. And each time I met them, I could really really see that, which was such a gift. Mm. And and in many ways, I think even that that willingness to be real, you know, giving each other permission to be real, to name 
what was happening in their lives, mm. um, whatever that might be, challenges with children or mm. extra needs their children might have or health concerns themselves, what a gift that was. Mm. Katie, from all this experience, you've, you've journeyed with, with women for many years. Mm. In terms of others creating spaces for women, for, for mothers, what would you believe would be some really, a couple of really important, two or three tips or points that you would think, yeah, this is really important? Um, the biggest was um, a beautiful priest told me um, people need a reason to come to somewhere to pray and that's where the children, bringing your children's names and your children with you to pray was such a deep um, melding of the spirituality of the child and the spirituality of the mother together. Mm. Um, another thing is just the simplicity of being um, you know, you could have entertained angels unaware. Remember Sarah and Abraham in the old Gospels? Um, you could have. So the tea and coffee and the cake, the, the sharing of a meal yeah, with so others is really, it, it seems simple. But also um, in that space I had a desire to help those who were in need in our community. So we ran the second-hand uniform shop, but you could just put a donation in if you needed a uniform, um, out of that area. And it was only open when that room was available for the women to come down to. So you would come down for a hat but accidentally stay for a chat and a coffee and no, all of a sudden you're praying and, you know, like if you could try and make it as seamless yes, and yeah, accessible. That's right. Yes, yeah, that's... for all. And um, also I learnt from the concept of having the elders of making it an intergenerational space. Yes. So, so tell us more. I, I know you've mm, mentioned this before, Katie. What is it about this intergenerational component that is so valuable? Yeah, so this was modelled to me again, and I think um, we really should take note of the things that we've been modelled along our journey. But as a young mother, I went to a playgroup ran by the elders of a church, and they set up the space by having these lovely tables of craft and a story read at the end and even music sung. And the women would make us a tea and coffee. They would make children's morning tea outside with plastic plates and Vegemite sandwiches. And they'd give us young mums not only a um, tea and coffee, but as we got tea and coffee, they'd say, and how's this week been? And just being able to unburden that hardest thing or something to an elder took away the concept of that gossipy, you know, often if it's a mother's group, you're on the same page and there's a little bit of competition that's available for women in mm. any circle. Mm. But if you put the extra gen intergenerational, the elders in our community into that circle, then it takes away the concept of gossip ever wanting to be there. And so I even had, so I learnt that from them, but I also have had from a very young age a desire not to let the concept of gossip happen. And so I had a bin in the space that I created, which was called the gossip bin. And it just quietly had a sign on the top of it that said, just leave all your gossip at the door. Mm. And then we knew that the space that we were walking into was one that we could share of great depth, but yes. also just be safe yes, not yes it would be not repeated yes and i always 
have made sure to model to others to walk out of a circle where a gossip is happening so that just my presence is no longer there. Yes. And that's enough to hopefully help people understand that it's really not awesome. Yes. Mm. Oh, thank you, Katie. Yeah, that's right. Katie, uh, we've been friends for a long time and, and I know that, uh, that we both know that we're not, uh, you know, at every stage of our lives there's different things that we encounter. Uh, we can encounter challenges and great joys all the way along and different years can bring different things. And we were talking a little earlier just about the, the last year and and times that have both been challenging and, and times that we've celebrated. And in those times of challenge, I know that uh, we often go back to those elements that that have held us, that have supported us, that have nourished us, recognising the benefit of those elements. Katie, I wonder if you could share something of, of your own experience of that in your own in your own life. Mm. So over the last 18 months or so, our um, eldest Delicious has been very ill, but I didn't understand. She, we didn't know she was ill. And in that time, she was learning how to be a teenager and we were learning how to be parents of teenagers. And we also had the added difficulty that she was ill, but we didn't know. So in that time, all sorts of very difficult things happened. And um I lost my ability to pray, to walk with God, to ring a friend, to let them know that I was in difficulty. I didn't really see that there were any friends. There was a lot of black. I was sleeping a lot. All of that happened. But towards the end, as I sort of started to see the light in the tunnel, I could see that God held me and carried me and some people might know about the footsteps um, prayer where God you know you look back in the sand and you can see there was only one set of footprints and I just used to say to myself last year that God had our daughter in the palm of her hand um, just and I would often just look at my hand and um, just as I'm coming out of that now and I'm able to dust off the dust of you couldn't imagine I would ever have had dust on my Bible, but there was 18 months of dust. And it's just been so lovely to reconnect with people again. But to just, when you look back on your faith, I really was carried by God to know that simple thing that mm. God had her in the palm of his hand. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yes, Katie. Very, so, so powerful. And, and just thank you. Thank mm. you for sharing sharing Katie. Mm. Katie, you have had such a, a rich life experience and, and such great wisdom to share with us. I wonder if you could leave us with a few final tips. You know, as a woman who has, has given so much, has been through so much, what would you recommend to others in terms of nourishing their spirituality? Mm. Um, I think just two things. Uh, one would be that you are... Um, God says to me, you are, we are one, you are mine. I wonder if we could actually sit with God each day in that room in our heart where God awaits us, but give ourselves the time to do that. Mm. And um, I learnt it from you, Robin, at one of the retreats, that if we can put that quiet time into our routine, so... As I have breakfast each morning, I 
if metaphorically light a candle and sit with a spiritual spiritual book whether it be the bible or a psalm or something like that and then if i've given myself that time of the day then i am such a better person mm. to those around me and um and if i go for a walk at the end of the day to give my um you know stop work and start mothering work then and I've left my phone in my letterbox and I'm just listening to God and the birds and looking around me, then I'm such a better person for that half of the day. And so there's that that I've learnt, but also the the absolute tears that come from reading back a journal that you've written with mm-hmm. God and that God always answers my prayers. And I've written this in each of my journals at the front that God will answer my prayer in my in his or her own time and in their own his or her own way and the the joy that comes from reading that back is just a praise you know mm, such beautiful such flowers of praise yes yes, yes. Mm. oh Katie I can't mm. thank you enough for the time that we've shared today for the richness of the conversation and the deep wisdom that you have offered to us today. I wish you all the very best with your wonderful work and your beautiful family. Thank you so much. Thank you, Robin. Thank you for joining us on our program today. If you would like to take some time now or later in the week to enjoy some treasured stillness, a meditation entitled Meditation on Vulnerability is available on both Podbean and on Apple Podcast and is entitled Meditation 9. Have a lovely week and see you next time.